Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 271 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing us more about you and your heart as we read your word. Help us learn more about you and your strength, mercy, and love today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what we can learn in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Verse 2 says he went without food for 40 days and was hungry. Then the enemy came. The enemy comes to us with temptation when we are at our weakest, too. In fact, verse 3 says the tempter came. That's exactly what the enemy is, a tempter. We need to recognize that when temptation comes, it is always from the enemy because that is who and what he is. Let's be on our guard and pray against temptation every day as Jesus teaches us when he gave the disciples the Lord's Prayer. Jesus uses Bible verses to combat every temptation. One might think that he could outwit the enemy with his own reasoning, but Jesus uses verses from Deuteronomy to fight the enemy. He demonstrates the power of the word right here. I have said before that the verses he quotes are ones that are note card worthy for us. We need to have our swords with us at all times. The armor of God is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 17. Next, he went on his way to Capernaum, and another prophecy out of Isaiah was fulfilled in verses 15 and 16 of this chapter. In Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2, he prophesied that the light would shine in the darkness, just as our verses here in this chapter state. I encourage you to read them as the books we are currently reading are once again intertwined. Let's see what Paul is writing to the Thessalonians in chapter 2 of his second letter. Paul gets to the point of this second letter, the return of Christ. Of course, he doesn't know the exact time, but Paul tells them many things have to happen before Jesus returns. The Antichrist will come first and persuade many that he is the Christ. But in the end, Jesus will reign. Verse 8 says, And then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed and the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by his appearing at his coming. Paul encourages them to hold fast to their faith and assures them they were called to share in the glory of Jesus Christ. Let us receive Paul's wish to hold fast to our faith and share in the glory of the Messiah as well. He ends the chapter praying for them, asking the Lord to comfort and encourage your hearts and strengthen them, make them steadfast and keep them unswerving in every good work and word. Let us also receive this prayer for ourselves. Let's see what Isaiah is prophesying in chapter 51. In verses 1, 4, and 7, God tells his people to listen to him, just as parents tell their children to listen to them. When we have to repeat the phrase, it usually means they aren't listening. Isaiah speaks the word of God to the people, but they aren't listening. The Lord tells them he is their comforter. He will bring justice to the nations. Remember, they are going to be in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. Isaiah's words should bring them comfort in the future as they are held captive. God encourages them to look to the heavens for the earth will one day pass away. The difficulties of this world will no longer plague them. His plan is for salvation. His plan is eternity with him. So even though they will be captive for a while, freedom is coming. In verse 9, he tells them to put on strength and might. Having to put something on means it's not automatically ours. We too have to be intentional to put on God's strength. He reminds the people about the time he set them free from Egypt and dried up the Red Sea. There is nothing God cannot do. 
And his promise is that all the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing to Zion. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. These verses are also found in Revelation 7 and 21. Again, I encourage you to turn to those verses when you read this chapter. And then God tells them not to be afraid for man cannot hurt them or his purpose for them. Verse 16 is underlined in my Bible and says, And I have put my words in your mouth and have covered you with the shadow of my hand, that I may fix the new heavens as a tabernacle and lay the foundations of a new earth and say to Zion, you are my people. Another beautiful promise from the Lord. And this is also found in Revelation 21. Last, God promises to lift his wrath from them and turn it on their oppressors. All the promises of God will come to pass. May our hearts rejoice in him and his plan for us in eternity with him. May his hope reside in our hearts. Chapter 52 starts with the command to put on strength. We see it as our job to put on God's strength. When we feel we cannot do this, we can pray for God to infuse his strength into us. God will deliver his people from Babylon just as he delivered them from Egypt and Assyria. Verse 6 says, Therefore my people shall know what my name is and what it means. Therefore they shall know in that day that I am he who speaks. Behold, I am. Capital letters and an exclamation point follows. God is the great I am and we praise him today. Yes, God plans to deliver his people from Babylon and he assures them of it in verse 12, which says, For you will not go out with haste, nor will you go in flight, as was necessary when Israel left Egypt. For the Lord your God will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. When God sends us somewhere or delivers us from some type of captivity, he leads us and he is sure to guard us on all sides. The last three verses of this chapter are about Jesus. He will be the ultimate servant of the Lord, and he will suffer more than any other man has suffered. He will be beaten to the point of unrecognition and then hung on the cross to die for you and me. May we worship him and all he did to make sure we could be seen as righteous in God's sight and sit in his presence. This is the biggest blessing we could ever receive. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 90. The next two Psalms are written by Moses. As we come near to the end of Isaiah and read about the Babylonian captivity, we are brought back to the days of Moses and their wandering around the wilderness. They had not just been freed from Egypt. They'd been wandering a while and Moses knew they weren't going to go into the promised land. It was their disobedience to God and their unbelief in his ability to win their battles that kept them out. We see the heartache Moses feels and the difficulties he has faced, yet he remains strong in the Lord. Moses gives God praise and acknowledges that he is God. Verse 8 is underlined in my Bible and says, Our iniquities, our secret heart and its sins, which we would like to conceal even from ourselves, you have set it in the revealing light of your countenance. Yes, we cannot hide from the Lord. He knit us together and knows us better than we know ourselves. Let us bow down before him today and release the burden of sin we carry. He loves us so much that he gave his son to cover our sins. Then Moses recounts the years in the wilderness. He asks for God's mercy and loving kindness to make their hearts glad. The last verse is our prayer for today. Let us pray. Let the beauty and delightfulness and favor of the Lord our God be upon us. Confirm and establish the work of our hands. Yes, the work of our hands. Confirm and establish it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.